0: I think I mentioned, you know, my journey is still going on. It's not done yet, but I do remember there's a moment when I feel like I'm on another side of the world. I'm, you know, I have more lights in myself. I, I mentioned this to everyone I met, I do feel like empowered women, empower other women. So I do feel like now I have what it takes to empower other women in my life and community. And, and My vision is really help them to become the best version of themselves so they can actually empower other women, or men, whoever, in their life. Because I do feel like women can be so powerful, but a lot of us don't see the power in us.
1: Hi everyone, welcome to the Permission to Become podcast. This is a podcast about Asian American women exploring their boundaries and permissions around self-discovery and personal empowerment. In this podcast, we will dive into the untold tales of Asian American women breaking out of who they should be and becoming who they truly are. My name is Joyce Bao and I'm your host on this podcast. hi everyone welcome back to another episode of the permission to become podcast today i'm super excited to announce our guest on this podcast episode Shaw hurley so Shaw is right now a global program manager at google during the day and um, she worked with high potential digital native companies to ac- accelerate growth and impact um, and by night she guides compassion and creative women in tech who feels stuck, anxious, and burnt out to achieve self-mastery um, from her inner peace journey coaching program. So welcome, Shaw to the podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time to be here. Thank you, Joyce. And
0: it's my honor to be here and share my story, my journey, and hopefully that will be inspiration
1: for everyone who's listening to this episode. Yeah, definitely. So I'd love for you to just start by introducing yourself um, to the audience and just share a little bit about who you are and what you're currently working on. Sure. Um, I think I'll start with who I think
0: I am. Um, Just titles and all that stuff aside, I think I am a very heart-centered and free-spirited person um, who loves to channel my emotions in a lot of creative efforts like painting making ceramic uh, connecting with the people writing you know Um, and second I think I'm daughter and a wife who cares a lot sometimes too much Um, and then I think you kind of went over my title what I do and Google but outside of Google I, I coach people and I also lead Meditation and yoga retreats and workshops to really help people get into um, the best version of themselves. Uh, Because I think when they can become the best version of themselves, and then they can, you know, finally reach their full potential. And that's what I care a lot um, about. And so that's
1: a quick introduction about myself. I love that your introduction doesn't really focus on the the titles and labels, but the whole totality of who you are and um, your journey and all the things that you do, including your creative endeavors, which i love to dive into a little bit later in this episode. So I guess first, um, I love to, speaking of identity and just who we are or who we think we are, since this podcast is really focused on the journey of Asian American women stepping into their becoming, I'm really curious, what is your relationship with your racial identity as an Asian American woman, whether it's in tech or in your daily life, in your relationships?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. I think it's uh, important that you really, you know, um, sometimes slow down and really think about that question um it for me it was a journey um when I when I was young you know I had different people put labels on me you know you're you're good with this painting or not you're not smart enough I like a lot of labels and it was really confusing when I was young because I I was basically listening to whoever tells me who I was um at the time when I when I moved to the U.S. I think that was a time when I start to embrace the freedom, a freedom of thinking, like experiencing who I am, and then really, you know, dive a little bit deeper into who I think I am and then trying different things. Um, part of it is like I in that time I also, you know, get to know the, the adventurous side of myself. So I um push myself to to experience different things. Um, it was difficult, I think, even when I start to move to the US and I remember I didn't feel a sense of belonging when I was you know surrounded by all my Chinese friends because I just feel like part of me was not traditional Chinese like you know I was not obeying the rules that my parents asked me to do xyz and I didn't want to do them and I feel like wow maybe I'm not a Chinese but comparing to my American friends I feel like I am not like them neither you know I am fairly introverted and even at schools I realize when people get into groups and discuss things I was very quiet I had this period of time I didn't know who I was and it was very frust- frustrating um, and then I think it was a time when I start to ask myself a lot of questions and I'm really trying to find the answer within myself and that's the time when I Little by little, I started to get to know more about myself, um, which was real, really helpful. And I will say relationships are another way for me to find my identity as well, because uh, all relationships are like a mirror, um, whether it's friendship, marriage, even my relationship with my parents. I think that was almost like my guiding light helped me to find who I am.
1: Mm, I think that the part about not having a sense of belonging I think that's something that so many people can resonate with especially in our early path of figuring out who we are and and it must have been a big shift when you first moved to America right from a totally different environment totally different culture and you're trying to kind of figure out your place so yeah I'm really curious kind of like how you stepped on this journey of self inquiry and um, really figure, I guess if figuring out is even like the destination, right? But I, I think in in this, I'm really curious to hear about your process.
0: Right. Um, yeah, I don't think I'm fully figured out everything yet. I, I'm still on the journey. I'm trying to figure it out. Um, but I think that's that's the that's the purpose of being a human. Like we're constantly evolving and trying to understand more about ourselves um, and the world. And how I get it started was, I think when I moved to the US, um, my parents were pretty hands-off. They didn't really, you know, they were not there for me most of the time. And I think a part of it because my parents want me to to be more independent. That was also part of the reason why I'm here uh, with all the freedom here. Um, Part of it, I think, I I went through the process where, you know, in China, there's rules, how you're supposed to go to school, how you're supposed to, you know, you're supposed to get certain grades in school for you to get to the next phase of life. So everything was pretty much standard, like you, you have a path to follow. So when I was in the U.S. and when I, when I you know, came to the U.S., there's no rule anymore like my parents were not even there to hold my hands and their expectations were not clear whether it's from them or from myself from people around me and so in retrospect I feel like that was a time I feel like I needed to I needed to find a path for myself to walk on that I I I wouldn't regret later on, so a lot of decision making. So for me to make every single decision to take actions, I need to understand if there's something that I really wanted to do. Um, How does this align with uh, how I want to feel on a daily basis? And then that was a difficult journey because, you know, part of it, there's a fear, you know, like there's I remember when I was younger, if uh, my parents asked me to do something, I was, if the outcome was not ideal, and then I, I, you know, naturally blind them, you know, Hey, they take me to learn piano. I didn't like it. And I, I get grumpy. Right. But now it's like, you know, whatever I decided to spend my time on and that's on me. So it was really um, trying to be in charge of my own time life. And then that got me to start this self inquiry journey. Like, ask myself about a lot of things and learn more about myself, which is really, really important for me to learn about my identity.
1: Yeah. 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 And I think it's interesting that earlier you mentioned you kind of embrace when you came to America, you embraced the freedom, but on the other side of freedom is fear, because that means you're held accountable for the decisions you make. And um, I think so many of us maybe on the surface chase after that freedom, but I think freedom Really requires, and it sounds like on your journey, courage and vulnerability in order to actually be responsible for our decisions.
0: Right. There's always duality to everything, right? And then sometimes we only see part of it. And then the deeper we go on to the path, and then we see the other side. And then sometimes we start to
1: question our decisions when we see the other side of the duality. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm curious. So, I always Think that it's the challenges that really allow us to figure ourselves out and figure out who we are. So I'm really curious, what were some of the this on your path of becoming, what were some of the major challenges or turning points that really forced you to look within and figure out what's important to you and what matters to you, and kind of became became those that those turning points where um you actually actualize and figure out your identity
0: yeah i think it's little by little right this i can well pretty much spend like a whole day talking about those turning points because i don't think there are one or two right turning points it's probably just hundreds of turning points and guide me into where i am today Um, but a year from now, you ask me the same question that might be, I might give you a different answer. So I think we're all kind of evolving on a faster speed that we might not even realize. Um, but a few things I can remember. I think the first one is I, when I was young, you know, I, I, my, my face turned red when I speak in public, my, you know, I get nervous when I, when I talk to strangers. And then, so I had this Label on me, even my parents told me that I was not good with public speaking. I was shy. I was like not supposed to do anything that involves, you know, working with the people. Uh, I remember when I was applying for college, my mom even asked me to, you know, maybe apply for accounting because you deal with numbers. But then I know that I didn't like numbers. Uh, I'm so glad I didn't, you know, apply for a degree that I was not, you know, my heart does not really call for. Um, and it was a time when I was in college. I really start to question all the things that people put on me. Right? Am I really introverted? Am I really bad in public speaking? So I pushed myself to do more of the things. Really ex- experience. Right? How true is that? You know. And somehow it was not true at all. Like now I'm a public speaker and Google. I you know talk to you, C-level leaders. You know, um, digital transformation. I talk to you. Um, hundreds and thousands of people as a public speaker. So it turned out that label that they put on me when I was younger was not true at all. Um, another thing, I think women um, and men, I grew up in um, a household where my, my my mother was in charge of, you know, um, everything financial, and she paid for my tuition. And I almost feel like I had a different understanding of women's responsibility and men's responsibility in a household because growing up in that very unique family dynamic. And I found myself naturally wanna be in charge similar to how my mom, you know, uh, respond for the family and then also like decision-making and uh, the way how she communicates very much like um, assertive. And then, you know, things you will see in a very I don't know, like male leader in the the top corporate award. Um, and I, the point where I feel like I was pushing too far was I, I after work I would feel so drained. I was not happy, and and then I realized I had to pause I really think who I who I really am. And I, you know, I don't have to be like my mom. And yeah, she's my mom, you know, but I need to form my own identity so I start to really question myself and then again explore experience what's the best for me and how I feel the best and then I realized when I feel the best is the time when I actually bring in my compassion to work when I start to nurture relationship and that's actually the feminine side of me that I didn't honor for the longest time and it's funny thing is the more I share this kind of story with my mom and she actually resonates and then she told me you know I don't know if she's, I don't think she's listening to this, but she told me that she was not herself for decades. And now I see her, you know, embrace the feminine side of her and then be really happy in, Um the relationship with my dad. So I think identifying, we all have feminine, masculine side of things in everyone, women and men, but it's like, how how do we embrace both of that energy and working in life? Um, another thing is community. I think in I was very much a long wolf or in a hermy mode for years. Cause I just feel like I, wherever I go, I could put on a, like, you know, a party queen face and then socialize with everyone. But I wasn't really happy. Like when I'm networking with the people. Um, So the time when I decided to really go inside and then, you know, ask myself questions, like, what is it? You know, why, do I have so many friends but I never really feel belonging and why is that and I start to really truly identify people I feel connected with and I intentionally spend time with the people I want to spend more time with instead of just like you know um, going to every single party and collecting business card and it doesn't really matter that much so I think a part of it's the challenge is really understanding what we want uh, how do we want it to feel on a daily basis and then be true to ourselves, like, you know, um, I question the labels that people put on ourselves. Sometimes we put on ourselves um, and then experience things Mm -hmm. and challenge those labels, yeah.
1: Yeah, that's interesting, kind of that whole journey of basically you went within and checked in with all the beliefs, the conditioning and the patterns. And then what you said about how do we want to feel? I think that's super interesting because, I guess it's something that I I struggle with on my journey and just being with our feelings because it's, it's, it's not something we're taught, especially you mentioned, um, you were more masculine, sounded like more masculine dominant earlier in your life. Mm -hmm. And you had gone through some pretty tough things and you mentioned battling with depression and burnout. And even um, challenges in your marriage, like those are not easy and they are very emotionally intense. So I'm really curious as you um, kind of you know, you mentioned shifted to this more heart center space and heart center being like how did you actually deal with these really ugly, messy, dark, challenging emotions in your
0: Yeah, um, they are they were very tough to deal with. And I still remember when I was in it, it was hard. It was, I, yeah, it, I, I don't think I will ever forget those times, you know, those dark moments in my life. Um, I think it, it kind of starts from small things and then, and then, you know, affects every other part of our life, right? And, and so I don't remember where the starting point was, but I do remember I was in a, in a phase of delaying, I, my life looks amazing from outside, you know, everything looks great. Um, I was talking to my friend yesterday and then she even told me that she thought my life was amazing, like perfect. And she looked up to me as almost like a role model, but then I was telling her I was pretty good at faking myself, like, you know, had this amazing life. Um, it's, I think it was a time it all started It maybe it started when I, I got my job on Google five years ago, more than five years ago. And then I was happy and people were congratulating me. And then I do remember that people said, I mean, kind of, you know, people making comments and saying, you know, you are a diversity hire. I didn't share that much about that comments but I knew it was a mark in my heart you know it's it was me and trying to prove myself that I was not diversity hired. and as I work I don't know how many hours each week and just to really you know going above and beyond and expectations and then um, proving to the world almost like hey I'm good enough it's not because I'm a woman and I'm from Asia and then I got hired um, so first two years on Google I my promotion I got promotion pretty quickly and then everything was going great but then there's still a sense of you know imposter and I was not good enough and I just work more and more and I I think it was a time when I start to you know like I feel like a lot of there's a lot of fire in me and that's that's where the masculine energy you know stays and then you we all kind of channel that fire and, and the anger whatever energy we have and in a daily basis if we overuse them and then we let our feminine energy stay doormat and that's how I feel and then when people start to like give me advice or you know come to talk to me and say hey Sha like what's going on you're so different even my mom told me and my was like we were never like this like if you were in school you never talk you never care so much about grades what's hap- you know what, what happened to you and then I would always get very defensive and I would always deny in things that is, you know, I would tell people it's fine, everything's fine, you know, and mind your own business. You know, I would say things like this, but um, it, it was a time when I really hit the rock button and I feel like I couldn't deny anymore. I moved out five times and, and I, without going into every single details. And then it's, it was it was hard. I think the first four times and for your
1: marriage right just
0: my marriage yeah oh wow it, yeah it was uh, last time i think it was uh um we had some breakthrough um it was the four first four times i think i was just simply moving out um escaping you know to hawaii surfing and then and taking photos and showing on instagram how i'm showing to everyone how amazing my life is and then but Deep inside, I knew there's something that's not right. And it was the last time I started to really, you know, got into Airbnb and didn't travel much and just really quiet and go inside and do the work and the same with my husband. And we're just doing the inner work. Um, I think that was a breakthrough we needed. Um, And not to mention, you know, anxiety and depression. Um, I couldn't even tell my mom because, you know, back in China, you people – don't I don't know they have weird thoughts on people who had you know depression anxiety and people turn not to turn out to talk about this um the mental health situation so I was dealing with everything on my own and I feel very lonely I remember the time I was just walking on the street with like hundreds of people you know in downtown San Francisco and then people passing me by but I feel just by myself I'm so lonely the whole time and I keep asking everyone I knew and like You know trying to understand like what's 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 your life's meaning what's your purpose of life so like i hope i could find inspiration to find my
1: life purpose but i couldn't um it
0: was it was really lonely and
1: tough yeah Mm -hmm. yeah i think so many people can relate to the feeling of even though you're surrounded by all these people all day and also with social media um it's like we are constantly around people, but that that feeling of loneliness um, is pervasive. And I, I totally resonate with that feeling of just not knowing my place, my purpose. Um, so thank you so for just sharing that truth with the audience. And so that some for someone who's listening who has similar path, they're, they, they're not alone. Um, I'm so I'm curious, like, how did you then actually alchemize those emotions and those darkness and the anger and the loneliness into finding your purpose? And what is your purpose?
0: Yeah, that's uh, that's uh, like I think a two questions. I'll start with, how did I find my purpose and then um, overcome those challenges? And then I think, the first, for years, I was not taking charge of my life, hundred percent. I blind a lot of people in my life. I blind my parents for not being there for me when I was younger. I blind for uh, my husband not being the perfect husband, you know, loves me the way how I wanted to be loved. I blind for my company doesn't give me the opportunity to do things that I wanted. And it's not really, I was in the kind of blaming phase where, it was all everyone's fault. And but the other side of blaming is you feel powerless. You feel like you're not, you don't have any power. You don't, you're not in control of your life. So the first thing I did was stop blaming. I was down blaming everyone else in my life and then everything. I even blinded my mother-in-law because when my husband didn't do the things I wanted him to do, and then I'm like, it was it was her, didn't raise him good enough, but it was not her. It was not not my husband. It was really me not seeing my own power in every single situation. So the first thing I needed to do was to to step into my own power. Um, so that's the whole I think initiation where I start to take charge of my life and the situation, and I realize I I need to also learn how to master my emotions. I am a very compassionate person, um, and then. I think we talk about duality, right? Like there's duality to everything when there's, when someone who is emotional, who can feel things, who can, uh, we're very, you know, intuitive. And then the other side of this, the dark side is things can get tough in a way that, you know, when emotions get in the way, you can feel things 10 times more stronger than other people might feel it. And then that can cloud our, our intuition. Um, our vision in life. So I knew I needed to master my emotions. And so I spent a lot of time learning how to do that. And part of it, then I realized on the journey, it's also we all come to the earth. Uh, I'm a very spiritual person. So I do believe that we all come to the earth. There are a lot of things that we need to know. So um, we call this, you know, um, soul curriculum. So we come to the earth there is a list of things that we need to accomplish, not accomplish like you need to get a promo to get certain jobs, but rather like the things we need to work on. So for me, I knew things I need to, needed to work on. Part of it is um, how do I deal with my envy? Like, you know, when other people's lives are going well, how do I embrace that instead of feeling jealous, you know, like in, in letting that at my own vision and not focusing my own life? And how do I work with that? and transmute those like anger I might have in myself from time to time into motivation. So the more I understand my soul curriculum, the more I work on it intentionally. And then, you know, um, we call this shadow work because the shadow shadow work for a reason because we don't see them. They're in the shadow, they're behind us. If, you know, if you don't know them, you don't work on them and then you repeat cycles. It's just like how I repeated moving out of my marriage five times and then also, and work at change teams many times by repeat the same cycle. So for us to break the cycle, we really need to see the shadows to, to begin with. And then um and then fully embrace this whole, you know, we're in charge of our life and then we need to work on that. Uh, so it's a whole journey. That's what I'm saying. It's not done yet. I- I'm sure, till the day till the day I die, and I'm still gonna be working on my shadows and everything.
1: Oh, I I love what you said. The soul character is that what you call call it? Soul character. Oh, yeah. soul curriculum. You know, like when
0: you go to school, you know, like a curriculum, like a syllabus, and then there's certain things. It's different for everyone. Um, yeah. So it's a uh, um. I nerd about this because I also I'm also um very into psychology. um psychology and you know and then as well as very people sometimes sometimes I think it's woo woo but um you know I read people's chart like you have your birth chart and read and then it actually tells you it tells you yeah it tells you what kind of uh, lesson you need to know it's very accurate and I share with my husband a lot because he one example is he doesn't He doesn't believe any of the spirituality stuff but it's actually in his chart in this lifetime he needs to embrace the spirituality that's one of the lessons he needs to learn somehow we get married i'm very spiritual so i'm bringing more spirituality into his life rather than seeing him meditate which is kind of funny to see um it was your soul contract (laughs) yes
1: Yes. (laughs) oh that's so interesting so that turning point for you was really realizing that instead of blaming others, these are actually lessons for you. And you took your power back by actually doing the work and going in. And it sounds like maybe using your emotions as sort of like a way to guide you in that curriculum and figuring out like what are all these lessons and what you needed to learn.
0: Yeah, yeah, correct. Um, I think you summarized that pretty well. It's uh, we are, all our emotions are, a guiding light for us to understand more about ourselves. For a lot of us, emotions can be really strong and scary. And then we might not even wanna go there. My husband, for example, he is very, very compassionate person that he is, um, he works in the tech industry, very rational. He, he shut off the whole emotional piece. Um, He doesn't go there, but the essence of himself is very heart centered. He's a very caring person, but because he hasn't learned how to master the emotions yet. And he's, he keeps that away from him. Um, but we talk about this on a daily basis for him to become the leader he wanted to be, he needed to know how to master the emotions. Otherwise he's not, he's not stepping to his power. Um,
1: that sounds like that's his shadow side, like the part of not embracing his own emotions as the masculine, the men in the, in the role. Yes, yes. Correct. We. I remember the other day we're in the parking lot or just
0: walking and talking and then um, and he made the comment about he said because um, I was simply asking how his day was and he said it's okay and I can sense there's something else going on he didn't share with me. I sense that the day was not just okay there's something else so I was asking him for more details and then and then he got triggered, right? Like the way how he talked, the words he used does not match with the emotions he had in the moments. So I was trying to kind of dive a little bit deeper as almost like, uh, you know, a habit of a coach. I'm like, hey, what happened? And so he started to say things like, you know, I don't want to go there. It's, it's, it's not comfortable. I don't want to talk about my emotions. I don't want to talk about how I feel, you know, like how the way how he reacted and just got me to be more curious was what really happened and so the more we talk about this and then the more understood you know there's anger in him the anger comes from some of the interaction he had at work and then and then it all explains everything like he he accumulates it all the little anger you know um daily on daily basis and then one day it's gonna it's gonna explode so it's all about how can we how can we give ourselves permission to feel the anger feel whatever emotions we have and that's the first step for us to even learn how to master our emotion and and you know kind of step into the journey where we start to do the shadow work which is needed you it's a, i don't know i feel like a different person ever since I started to do those shadow work you know it's almost on the other side of the world right now (laughs) comparing to years ago
1: yeah it's like you're shining light it's it's almost like you have to find your inner light in order to actually do the shadow work and that the first step is I love how you said we have to give ourselves the permission to first feel in order to begin the journey yes yes
0: yeah the shadow becomes smaller just like the actual physical shadow, right? Like they become smaller when you shed more light on it. And, but if you don't, if you, if you choose to sometimes unconsciously not pay attention to it, and the shadow gets bigger and bigger and bigger, and it's more difficult for you to actually work on it and where the emotions, you know, you feel in the future will get even stronger. So would
1: you all have a choice in this different situations? Mm. Yeah, I love that. So we talked a lot about the diving into emotions and giving ourselves a permission to feel and to do the shadow work. I'm really curious, um, how did you, yeah, how did you actually um, decide that this is the work you want to do and to share with the world and sounded like this is also something close to your your soul purpose. So I'm really, really curious what that trans- transformation journey is. Yeah. Um, I think I mentioned, you know, my journey is still going
0: on. It's not done yet, but I do remember there is a moment when I feel like I'm on another side of the world. I'm, you know, I have more lights in myself. I... I mentioned this to everyone I met. I do feel like empowered women, empower other women. So I do feel like now I have what it takes to empower other women in my life and community. And, and my vision is really help them to become the best version of themselves so they can actually empower other women or men, whoever in their life. Because I do feel like women can be so powerful, but a lot of us don't see the power in us unless you, know, you went, go through this sort of inner work and say your own strength um, it, to me I know there are a lot of assessments and you know workshops out there a strength finder all the stuff but those are all on the surface skill sets level so how can we go a little bit deeper to understand our soul purpose um, for me I was looking at my own chart I was looking at my own you know um, astrology and all this stuff and I, I knew that like I am a healer like I'm a healer. And if you really put healer in different kind of categories, there's, a, um, there's the healer who does the physical work, like doctors, right? Like they heal people. And there's also healer who heal you emotionally, hold space for you. And I see myself as part of that, like, you know, really holding space for people and then help them to heal, heal their emotions. And then there's also healer who master their own emotions, master their own life so they can be, um, a way shower and show people how this can be done, And I see myself in that category as well. So the moment when I saw that, I, I feel called to start my own business and then um, to do the work and help more people. And I've been doing this within Google and then outside of Google, and I just feel like the more I do this, I'm more aligned with,
1: with who I am, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm curious, that's, it sounds like that's almost another turn as you finish the internalize, internal work, then you're sharing the internal work with the external world and, or sharing the gift. What has been some of the challenges for you as you stepped into now this creator role and creating your program, creating your business and creating um, these offerings to support and empower other women?
0: Yeah, the I think the biggest challenge um, is I, I'm naturally very heart-centered. So I always want to give and give and give. And then my husband even sometimes make comments like, are you running you know, a, a nonprofit organization? Or are you are you actually making profits? You know, like from his very rational mind and if it's a business, you need to make profits and money and revenue. There's bottom line. But me, my vision, the the whole reason why I started this is because it speaks to my heart. I didn't care about revenue and money, but then, you know, how can I balance that vision of like helping women from my heart center? And, 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 you know, this is a business I'm building, you know, so it's, I think that's a, most challenging aspect of running the creative or heart-centered business is balancing my heart and mind, you know, also make sure I'm, you know, making revenue, um, as well as helping people making impact. But at the end of the day, I believe if we're making impact and adding value to people's life, and then people would have wanted to pay the amount in that, you know, they feel it's worth it. So, I guess at this point, it's not a huge challenge anymore, but I
1: do remember I struggled a little in the beginning for that. Mm. Well, I'm really curious, like how do you step into your creativity at the very beginning? I love how you mentioned outside of work, you do pottery or ceramics and writing and creating a business is really, I think requires you to step into your zone of genius and, um, kind of be at the seat of creation. And so I'm, I'm just curious, how do you claim your reclaim or claim your creativity and be in the spot where you can tap into that flow and, and yeah, and just, just allow yourself to like flourish in that energy.
0: Yeah. I, I easily, I'm very, um, what's the best way to say this? So I can easily feel other people's emotions. I can easily, I think it's, I think, I don't think I'm alone in this kind of world. A lot of people um, can feel other people's emotions, especially when they're next to them. And so for me to create something that's so true to my heart, I needed to really, I need a space for myself. Um, sometimes I even, inv- you, you know, envisioning myself in a bubble and then like everyone else is outside of the bubble. Um, and I mean, my own space and i think a part of it's where i start to train my mind and you know not to care about the outcome because when we the moment when we start, start to care about the outcome we let our ego in the driver's seat we're not letting our creativity you know creative mind in the driver's seat um, so completely forgetting about the outcome, how this could be, how this could be a failure or success doesn't really matter and how we define because essentially, I think I work in the corporate world and, you know, we, we are all trained to think about the outcome, the risk and all this stuff, but that's not going to work for the creative world. So we need to let go of that. And another thing I, I also realized I myself included in the early stages, um, we wanted to look for inspiration and we look for people the things arts whatever that we we like and then then we start to create things similar to that stuff i i think this is part of the learning process but if we really want to create something that's unique and that's you know aligns with our hearts we need to let go of like this whole process of like copying other people or think you know hey i need to do something similar to this person's work and because I love it so much and that's actually us staying away from our true creativity we're not stepping into our own power um creating space
1: for ourselves. i think that's really important mm-hmm. yeah. as you were talking about the bubble and creating space literally i had an imagery flashing of like in the you're in a womb because that's where the space of create creation is so it's like you're stepping into your own womb to create and i love also the part about saying um about you saying not forget about the outcome because yes, like in this corporate world, and I think many of us are in the corporate world or just, um, in, in a more masculine dominant culture where it's very much focused on like the outcome, the numbers. And so it's, it's, it's just sounds like you have to shift. People have to shift away from that in order to allow the creativity to take its own course. Mm-hmm. Oh, so beautiful! So, as we're kind of wrapping up, I would love for you to just share a little bit about um, your upcoming offering and um, how can people learn more about it and where can they find you?
0: Yeah. Um, so, my coaching business—I do. First of all, if you don't align with my approach, that's fine. But I do recommend everyone gets their own coach. Um, I think coaching is so important. In everyone's life, it's a, a way for us to step into our power and also do the shadow work that's needed for us to become the best version of ourselves. So, my offering is one on one coaching with myself um, six months or 12 months, depending on what situations you are. I'm passionate about helping people to get out of the darkness into the light and really step into that power. Um, you can find more details on my website, uh, shahurli.com, shahurle icom um, under the service page. So any, I think for people who are listening to this <clears throat> podcast, and then I offer some discounts so you can always apply for a discovery call and if for a good fit or not. If yes, I'll, you know, honor my 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 discount offer here and then you know and know we can talk more details as we go and then i'm pretty fairly active on on instagram and so um and linkedin as well linkedin is more professional i share everything about well-being wellness transformation because i do lead wellness well-being workshops for um tech companies and on instagram you'll see more of like the free spirit version of myself sharing everything in my life slow living wellness well-being my own inner work and the journey to inner
1: peace I I love actually your Instagram and all the photos just there is filled with so much light and beauty so definitely check out her Instagram her website I'll add it in the show notes so thank you so much Desha for sharing your story sharing your truth and vulnerability and thank you also for putting the work out there to empower other women
0: yeah, of course. Thank you so much, Joyce, for you know having me here and always uh, happy to share my journey. I do feel like we're all reflection. Whoever are listening today, I just feel like you might be just caught to hear more other people's stories so you don't feel alone. And then remember, there's always a light in whatever darkness you are in. Mm.
1: Thank you so much for listening to the Permission to Become podcast. If you like what you've heard, don't forget to rate, review, or subscribe to this podcast and share it with a friend. I'd really appreciate it. I'd also love to hear any feedback you have. So feel free to email me at permissiontobecome at gmail.com.